Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 140 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. This show is made possible by Powers of Marketing. We focus on strategic content creation, which these days includes podcast and event production, hosting and emceeing. It is January 2nd. We are recording this live. So thank you if you are joining us on the live, if you're watching on the replay, or if you are listening on the podcast, we really appreciate you being here. I just a note, I've mentioned this before, but we want to hear from our listeners. We do have a little listener survey. It's super short. It's linked to every one of our episodes now in the footer and in the notes, and then also on our webpage, which if you didn't know, is Making a Marketer Podcast. Dot com. And I want to say hello to my good friend, Jen. Happy New Year, Jen Cole. Happy New Year, Megan. 2024, baby. Let's go. Whoop, whoop. This is kind of yeah. funny. Yesterday, my, my childhood home, and you might have seen me post this on the socials, the address was 1124. And so yesterday was 1124. It was 1124. <laughs> oh, so I, I, love when the, I love when your numbers like align. It's always so much fun to hear about that. It's really cool. 1124, 1124. Yes. So nice. anyway, it's just kind of fun. I, I messaged my siblings about it and they're like, oh, that's funny. Weird. Like some of them <laughs> took them a minute to get it. But I hope you um, had good holidays. I did. I had a really great holiday. Really nice break. What about yours? Um, it was good. It was nice. I mean, you know, like you, my team broke my heart on Christmas Day. <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is the cross we bear, but I am pretty excited that we um, got the one seed in the NFC. So I just like to say that. It's, it's been a hard time. It's been a rough season. It's been a weird season. <laughs> yeah. Great, but weird. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. Well, I am super pumped to have our guest on today, who is a friend of both yours and mine. Um, we also both worked with him previously. Uh that and he has been a podcaster for more than a decade. We had him on to talk about podcasting on episode 40. So 100 episodes ago, we did that also with Jen Herman on accident. <laughs> exactly 100 episodes later, we had her on again. So I oh, want to wild. welcome to the show our friend, Eric Fisher. Yay. Hello. Hey, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me. Jen Herman's good company. So, hey, I yeah. am very honored to be paired with her in the duplication of the numbering. So, all good. <laughs> Actually, I think we might have done that with Stephanie Garcia. Yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, and we had Eric on before to talk about podcasting and how to market a podcast. I saw him at Podcast Movement and I thought, wait a minute, like we never, we have a podcast and we never talk about podcasting. <laughs> and so that seemed like the perfect thing. And you hold the record of the fourth most downloaded all time. Thank you. Um, I, I, thank you. I don't, I, I guess that's yeah. what I say. Well, <laughs> I don't I, know that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome for you, your show. It's yeah. your downloads. I'm just there. <laughs> right. I love but you. Also, yeah. yeah, our most downloaded shows are, you know, from like 18 
2018, 2019. It's crazy. And it's still, except Dan Gingas. Dan Gingas has two in the top eight, Mm. I think. And um, one of them was, um, I think, more recent than that. Well, rightfully so. um, He's got, he's awesome and he's continually doing great stuff. So, yes, yes. And I I might, I might have him as a keynote. One of my association events, our conference that we're putting on, which is pretty exciting. So, all right. Yeah. So I want to read Eric's bio. Eric Fisher is the producer and host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast for more than 11 years. He has talked with productivity experts as they share how they implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives. His mission is to explore all aspects of productivity as a means toward the true end goal, living a meaningful life life. And cheers to that. And I said, I didn't put it on my business page today. I put it on my personal page because I firmly believe that anyone who listens to this um, or watches this will benefit from what we talk about today. And having said that, I know that we're not going to go nearly as deep as we need to go. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm looking forward to learning from the Oracle nonetheless. So Jen, why don't you kick us off? You bet. So, you know, as Megan mentioned, and as we all know, it's a really timely topic right now as the new year is where we're day two in the new year into 2024. Time management can be a weakness for so many of us. So let's start with how you actually track your time. We love it if you would kind of share with us about your podcast and what was the motivation behind uh, the type of show that you decided to do. I've always wanted to know this. So I'm really excited okay. to hear this answer. Okay. So let me see if I can do the superhero origin story of the podcast <laughs> real quick here. Summer of 2005, I'm sitting there in my cubicle doing at a data entry job and I am typing away and I'm listening to music on my iTunes, as it was known then, on a oh, yeah. Dell computer with a big tube monitor, although it probably wasn't that big. And a, a, a pop-up comes and says, iTunes has an update. And I say, all right, then I get a break. So I hit update. I go use the restroom. I grab coffee, refresh, sit back down and I get in to get started and I fire up iTunes again. And over on the left, it says podcasts as a tab. And I'm like, what is this? And I click in and I discover podcasts. June, I think of 2005, June, July. It's it's a J word in the summer of 2005. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, these are radio shows. And I can pause them and start them over again. And meaning now I don't need to just sit here and listen to music, which I love listening to music while I work, trust me. But now I can be entertained or educated, et cetera. Immediately, I was like, I'm going to do one of these. Now, this was 2005. My first show was in wow. 2007 with a friend of mine. And we did a comedy show. A lot of people don't know that. And I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do and everything. But we had a great comedy show that year. And we'd rebooted it again later in the year or later in that decade. But all throughout that time and actually coinciding that summer of 2005, I got diagnosed really late. I don't know what age I was at that time, but you can take a guess. Late 20s, early 30s. I don't know. I'm not going to think about that (laughs) with ADHD. Oh, yeah. And that was what kind of cued me in. I'd already read getting things done. I was already kind of tracking down how to make the most of your time, how to, you know, squeeze all the juice out of the fruit and get the most out of everything and bordering on in this is the early days. Like I was like trying to not go car salesman or hustle culture like in my approach to it and in my learning. It was like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. There's such a thing as having a life too. So even early on, it was about having a balance, a work-life balance. I don't think was even a a phrase yet, just yet at that time. That was more of a 2010, 11, 12 ish thing that kind of 
it formed then. And that's when it happened. I started co-hosting on other shows long term. And then when one of them was phasing out in the early 2012, I think it was. Yes, 2012. I said, okay, I need to do a solo show. What am I going to do it on? And I thought, well, I want to talk to people and find out how they do the, gr- the great work that they do. How are they creative? How do they manage their time? How do they start their day? What are their routines like? All these great comments, questions, thoughts, these topics. And it hits me oh, this is like a productivity show, but it's beyond the to-do list. And as soon as I said it, (laughs) I had my title and I knew, oh, well, now I just need to write down who the people are and the topics I want. And I started mapping that all out and I had a good, I mean, I probably had a good almost year's worth of potential content, whether it was a person or a topic to already sitting there in front of me. And I just needed to start and plug and play and put them in, in order. So that's oh, the origin yeah. story. That is so fun. I love how it just kind of like flew out of your brain beyond the to do. <laughs> and then there you go. That's like so perfect. <laughs> it almost came out like Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. It's like beyond the to-do list. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I was writing a social media caption about this show today and I put something about and beyond and I was like, and beyond in my head. Right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. When we were talking about your show, when you told me you had it, it, was, it had been seven years and I was like, seven years? What? And now here, Jen and I are, are in our seventh year. Um, oh my gosh. I, you know, it blew my mind. <laughs> I couldn't believe. Well, and plus I knew you and I didn't know that you had been doing it. So you're like, oh yeah, like you're an OG. Yeah, a lot of people say that. I don't see that's the thing is like time passes. It's this thing I've done for now. It's been 11 years and it's like, oh my gosh. Like it's, it's that whole, like, you know, the kid turns one and then they finish their first year. So it's that kind of thing. Like it was 11 years back in August as we're recording this in January. So now it's almost like 11 and a half coming on 12 this year. Oh my gosh. See, and that just hurts my brain, but that's what we're talking about. It's like time and the, you know, perception of it and how to be aware of it and, you know, manage it and do the most with it while not getting hung up on it. That's a tricky subject. Yeah. Right. Well, and you, with each episode, it's built on itself, right? Like you are now an expert because you've talked to so many people. You have like insights to give to your guests that they hadn't even thought about, which is, you know, I hope we do that on occasion (laughs) with our guests, but, you know, in listening, I just listened to a couple of your recent ones. Well, one was a redo with Gretchen Rubin or like a revisit, I should say, of of one you'd previously recorded, but I love her. And, um, and so anyway, but, but with her and then with, I forget, Charlie. I'm blanking. Uh, oh, anyway, Charlie. I, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's okay. uh, on the spot. <laughs> but it was about teams, to, team habits. Yeah, yes, yes. And as I, I've got a new job and I'm working with a new team, I thought this is great. It was great. But you give insight to your guests. You kind of uncover like things that they make them think about things in a different way, too, which I think is super like yeah. that's, that's really, really cool. Charlie Gilkey. Yes. I had to look it yes. up. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. With yours is a weekly. Ours yes. is we do two a month. And so for us, it's pretty easy to keep track, even mm-hmm. at 140 episodes of who we've had on. And Jen also asked, I think, of what, how do you track your time? Like, do you? Yeah. Do you track your time? So, the yes is the overall question. Okay. And at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, some of the things that I hate to do is track my time because yeah. you think something's going to take a certain amount of time and you say, okay, I'm going to estimate this much. I'm going to, I'm going to do the best practice. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to say that's an hour dedicated to this. And it's an appointment with myself. So I'll keep it. You think, (laughs) and (laughs) and you do often like you do, but 
in fact, if you didn't estimate the right amount of time, now it's like, oh crap, I have a meeting coming up. I've got to come back to this. I've got to find more time, et cetera. So it's a little sticky. It's it's one of those things where, again, it's the, this whole thing for me, especially just coming off the holidays, it's weird because it's not only one of the busiest times of year to close out the year well and kick off the new year well. Like it's, there's all this pressure to do that right, you know, to close out the year and open up the year, let alone have all this reflection time of looking back and also this goal setting time of looking forward. And I'm screw all that. Like, and self care. Yes. Don't forget about self care. Oh, yeah, self-care. And that's why <laughs> I. Time with your family. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that too, and it's just like, okay, we got all this extra stuff thrown into a time when we want to be doing less instead of more. I really like the approach that my friend, Mike Vardy, who does the Productive Conversation podcast, another productivity podcast, he starts his new year, September 1st. Huh. I love that. Now, I know you asked me about time tracking. Here's the thing. Like, it can be tricky because it's like, okay, you use the best intentions. You make your plan for the day, week, month, year, et cetera, quarter. I'm going to throw that in there too because quarterly goals and all that. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started. And (laughs) you can make those, but you're making your best guess. You're making your blueprint. And the, the, as a blueprint is a plan, plans don't always go according to plan or actions don't always go according to plan. And time is an illusion sometimes like you can spend an hour doing something and get nowhere or you can spend an hour doing something and get way further than you ever thought you were going to do. So I feel like I'm being a little wishy-washy here and I am, but it's because the thing that I've found is most useful is to make as best of a plan as you can and then track what you've done with the time Mm -hmm. as you get throughout the day and close the day out and mark it and put it where it needs to go and all that for the sake of whoever else needs to know, including yourself. Right. But that's about the best you can do. And unfortunately, not enough for some people, (laughs) but more than enough for others who are like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm dotting the I's and crossing the T's with every single second of my life. So. Yeah. I mean, we need to show ourselves some grace to your point. The I have said that to myself. I sh- I'm supposed to be done with this by now today, but I'm making, or I'm supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be on my computer still, but I'm, I'm making so much progress. And I, and like, for me, I, I get better later in the day and in the evening. And so like, if I'm on a roll, I'm just going to work through dinner time and whenever that is for yeah. people. But, you know, like, because I want to finish what I've started or, you know, use that momentum to my advantage. Well, you're bringing up another very important factor, which is when are you at your best? Not just at your best in general, but at your best for certain types of tasks. When are you best for admin? When are you best for creative stuff? When do you need a break? Because we all do and we're not taking enough of them. And even if it's just 10, 15 minutes that clears out the cobwebs, like go sit and thing there is you want to do the opposite of what you were doing. If you were on a screen, get off a screen. If you were solo, go be social. If you were social, go be solo. If you were inside, go outside. If you were sitting, stand. If you were standing, go sit. If you were, I don't know, you you see what I'm saying. You flip all the switches the opposite direction to reset yourself. I like that. I've never thought about that. I think I I used to think that way and then I forgot about it. This is very... 
Oh, that's helpful for me. That's yeah. a long list of well, awesome. It's why I was at my standing desk before yeah. we started recording. And then I made it sit because it's like, I'm going to get all my energy and then I can sit and I'm not going to be standing and like antsy and whatever while we're talking. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's my, the downside to me standing when I'm on camera is that I do, I shift my feet back and forth and then I, you know, <laughs> you don't want to like make people have vertigo or get seasick or whatever. It's hard enough when like I just hit my desk and everything moved. <laughs> um, it's yeah. so funny. Okay. So the irony is for me with this show is that I procrastinated. We talked a little bit about this pre-show. I procrastinated writing our questions for the show because I ended up down an email and YouTube rabbit holes. And I think like I did kind of discover that I think part of it was just me just not wanting to start working again, <laughs> like me wanting to still be on vacation since it was still a holiday um, and I didn't do the prep before. But anyway, so my first question for you is, do you have any tips for preventing not procrastination? Because that's just, I mean, that's a whole thing in and of itself, but like well, a way f- to help us focus at a task at hand. Like, do you have any tips for our listeners to help us stay focused? And I mean, beyond the turn your phone off or whatever, because then I might, I have this laptop and I have that laptop and I've got, <laughs> you know, every, all these, all these screens already, all these sites already up. And it's just so easy to do that. What do you think? Yeah. Oh boy. This has been a topic that I have revisited many, many times because I personally need to shake it up sometimes too. Like I get so good at figuring out how to do it that then I also get so good at figuring out how to get around my own rules. You know, it's like still figuring out how to sneak out of the house that when I'm grounded, when my parents are like, no, you're grounded. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to sneak out the back way and they won't know. Anyway, um, they know. They don't do that. It, they know my now. I'm an adult. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Trust me, I not I'm worth not it. I'm not talking to your parents. I'm talking to other, other kids who might yes. be listening. My nieces might be listening, might be watching. If they are, hi. Yeah. <laughs> don't Trust do that. me, never was worth it. <laughs> it was always not good. So, Focus, what we're paying attention to, how we're going to, I mean, we all have the good intentions of I'm going to focus. I'm going to sit. I have this thing that I've got to hammer out and I'm going to work all day on it. No, you're not. You can do stretches. You can do, and I don't mean literal stretches, although that might help stretches of time, blocks of time. You can set yourself up to do those in kind of a Pomodoro technique, because I think one of the things is that we forget that as, oh gosh, this is a lesson for my daughter and her studying for her finals for college, by the way, is like, you can't sit there for three hours straight and study and retain stuff. You have to sit there and go over the flashcards for about five, 10 minutes and then get up, move around. I mean, it, it, again, it hits refresh. It's your attention has diminishing returns. It's like the bar graph or not the bar graph, the, the line graphs where it's, you, we always wanted to go to the right and up. Well, yeah. <laughs> as you're sitting there, it's going to the right but it's going down. And until you reset the system, you're not retaining things. You, you start to see a dip. And so what I told her was, this is essentially what I was teaching her was the Pomodoro technique. And this is only one aspect of focus, by the way. Pomodoro technique is basically, Pomodoro means tomato in Italian. And the guy that created this used a little t- a t- kitchen timer that was shaped like a tomato. So that this is the, the origin story. He would set it for like 20 minutes. He would set it down and he would work on something. It would go off. He would get up and take a five minute break, come back, turn it to 20 again and keep doing more work on that same thing. And he would do this for an hour. 
you know, 20, 20, 20, although you've got your five minute breaks in there. So I think he was doing 15. So it was 15 and five, 15 and five, 15 and five, and you got an hour. And so instead of, and I've seen this diagrammed in an old book my dad got me back in high school, where there's a will, there's an A that might be dating me way too, too old, but (laughs) it showed the difference that like your attention span would only dip a little bit for that 15 and then a little bit for the 15 and a little bit for the 15. So your attention was not like your reserve wasn't like dropping so low, but for the hour, it would go all the way down and curve back up. And so it's almost like you studied three times instead of once in that hour. And so by treating your mental and for that matter, emotional and physical energy as a resource that you need to be careful of and tend to, and that's where these breaks come in, where you go flip all the switches for five minutes and then come back, you get way more done. And you're just like, okay, boom. Now here's the thing. That's one aspect. We're talking multiple screens. We're talking distractions. This is where your workspace comes in. And I will say my desk is dirty right now and not good. Like there's a a water bottle, there's a mug, there's, and I'm not going to go all list it all off because that would be a distraction, but (laughs) you have to kind of ritualize. Okay. At the end of the day, I clear off the desk. I prepare my workspace. I'm passing the baton to my future self and then they can grab it and run with it too the next day. It's all about you know, do, going into do not disturb mode. It's about not, it's about using the machine, you know, whatever it is that your, your task at hand. And you know, this, it's like for me to be creative, what do I need to do? Well, I have to have my email tab open. I need to have that. No, no, you don't No, That's the opposite. If you are checking right. on people pinging you, whether it's email, texts, et cetera, like you've got to put a, and the thing is, this is where near Al's indistractable book comes in as an invaluable resource. I think that was like 2019, 18, 19, that that came out. Still find myself going back to that, revisiting that, figuring out, okay, checklist. How do I make sure that I am blocking out the distractions when I need to and then indulge in them when I don't? need to block them out, you know, check in. Like you can't just say, you can't just shut the world out for a day. You need to, you know, and there are exceptions, obviously. Like if there's an emergency, you're going to have your do not disturb set to where key people can get through if they call you twice or if they text you or something like that. But so that's a long way to say, it's not just about your focus and your attention, but it's also about your space. And there's a lot more we could go into with that, but. Yeah, fully. Well, and and you just, saying that made me think of last night, for example, I could have rather than feeling like the daunting task of having to create the whole show, I could have chunked it for myself, right? I could have been like, okay, I'm going to start with my, I'm just going to get one question done. And then I'll give myself some time to watch the football game, which (laughs) is what I was mostly what I was distracted by last night was the sugar bowl, like, and then come back to it. And I kind of did that, but then I got on a roll because I was like, oh, and it made me think of something else. And then it made me, you know, and so I kind of did that. And then I was like, oh, and it's done. And that's the thing, right? Most of the time, Eric, we go, we get like so in our heads about something. And then when we do it, we're like, so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Why didn't I just do it? (laughs) It's like literally just start, just say, it's like, take the baby step. And then the baby step kind of starts the snowball, which is really nice. Well, that's what I found with the Pomodoro is, okay, I think if I say I'm going to start to finish this, whatever it is, fill in the blank here with a part of a project of sorts that you have, I'm going to dedicate an hour to it. And I'm going to do 15, 15 and 15 with three, five minute breaks, breaking it up. 
what you'll find is that you'll maybe get the whole thing done in two of those slots instead of three because you freaking just started finally. And the first thing that you thought was going to take 15 minutes to do with your first chunk took two because you finally sat down and said, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. And you do it and then it's done and you have momentum and you're like, oh, geez, I feel like an idiot for putting it (laughs) off and procrastinating on it. Because I felt like, because again, it's that perception of how big and amorphous the blob of the task that's part of a project is versus how quick you can actually check that thing off. Right. Yep. That's so true. (laughs) Um, I'm going to probably have my, my teenage boys listen to this episode for sure to help with them. Homework management. <laughs> so we've kind of touching on this a minute ago about time management is all about productivity, like what we're talking about right now and kind of trying to create maybe a momentum effect or whatever works for you. Productivity is at the heart of your podcast. And it's what, you know, it's a lot of what you talk about on a regular basis. Do you find yourself yourself constantly reevaluating? I know we were touching on that a minute ago, but how you do things or, or are you like dialed into the exact same thing that you've been doing for years? And if you're not constantly doing it, did you like, do you like regularly look back and reevaluate every once in a while, like going into this year, extra, you know, new processes going into 2024 that you may not have tried before? Yeah, you probably wouldn't be surprised at how often I just revive something that used to work and then Uh slowly over time didn't. And the only reason it didn't was because either that season of life changed over time or that literal season of the year made it then defunct. Like everyone was home all summer and I'm home working also. And suddenly everything's out of whack because everybody's home and I'm not, and I am too. And so it's like, okay, I got to get out of the house. I'll go to the local college and go to their library or student center or whatever. And so revisiting things that did work, like for example, I'm not necessarily an early riser or a late, uh, you know, a night owl as it's traditionally known, but certain seasons of the year, I am an early riser, I should say. I hate staying up late. It wears me out. I'm, I'm done. I'm just done, <laughs> you know? And so that's the thing is like being able to have some sort of catalog of greatest hits of things that have worked in the past. And honestly, just knowing over time, okay, seasonally, this is what it looks like. I talked earlier about holidays from about Thanksgiving through to about mid-January, I kind of want to do less. And I think that should be okay. And I'm saying it's okay. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean it's okay for people that I work for or work with. And so it's how do you accommodate that? Well, you try to get as ahead as you can prior to then and batch stuff and all of that and and even kind of say, okay, come January 9th, 10th or something, what needs to be where and how? What can you do now to kind of hustle a little bit? But I again, I do not subscribe to hustle all the time. Hustle culture, you know, up at 5 a.m. every day, do this, this, this. And I've gotten, you know, four hours of work in before, you know, the East Coast is awake or or the (laughs) West Coast for that matter, too. And I'm just like, no, that's not sustainable. But what is sustainable is to have a sprint. uh, You know, you can have a sprint. You can have a month long sprint where it's like I'm up one to two hours early every day and I take a quick 20 minute nap late in the afternoon or something, you know, whatever's best for you. This stuff's not a silver bullet. It's not one size fits all. It's what's your portfolio of productivity 
tools, rhythms, routines that work for you and your scenario because your scenario and your strengths, weaknesses are different from mine and your family or family, friends, whatever your living situation is different from mine and from everybody else. So all I can do, and this is why it's great that I can just keep going and going and going with my show because I can just bring up, I can bring on new people or repeat people to revisit or bring up new things. I mean, remote work was not necessarily a thing that we talked about a lot in the early days of the show, even though I was already doing it way back in 2013, 14 or something like that. But then come 2020, everybody's talking about it. And I'm like, do I, I don't really want to talk about this right now, but I did because everybody kind of needed it then. So I, I obliged. So it's really about finding what works the best for you. And so for me right now, as I've been thinking and, you know, I did do some of that looking back and looking forward this past few weeks or so as we record this on January 2nd. I think for me, what I've found is, as you saw, I was at a standing desk before this recording and I also got a treadmill for it. So now I have a way to move. And that's one of the things for me that I've found is like, the more I sit still, the less energy I have. And then it just goes downhill all day. So if I can alternate between not just sitting, but standing and then also moving and then ramp back down and then back up and then back down, have like two to four, three to four cycles of that kind of throughout the day. And that's what I found is working for me. I'm trying to experimenting with that now for me to find out what's the best. Cause you know, most people they're like, all right, I'm going to get a standing desk. Then they think they have to stand at that desk all day. No, that's not how this works. You don't just stand (laughs) there all day. Otherwise you're going to feel dead and you're going to break things. So, well, and that's why an X stand is a great alternative <laughs> to a standing desk. Not to put, throw in a commercial on uh, Jen's company, but I know Eric, you introduced her yeah. to the X stand. For those who don't know, it's two pieces of bamboo that come apart and fit together, and you can have it stand on your desk and put your computer on the top of it. So I don't have um, it sitting here. It, I have. I literally have. I have two X stands. One is in my car at all times for when I go <laughs> places, and the other is for you elsewhere in the house and it's just not sitting here right now. I think it's actually packed in my stuff from our trip for the holiday. So mine is being used currently. (laughs) (laughs) It is is multitasking all the time. Yeah. Jen, Jen will post a picture of it in her Instagram story. Oh, you'll see. Yeah. I'm making it real. I like literally just did the whole pan. You guys didn't see that because I'm sneaky. On that, I should have mentioned that up front that we have an Instagram account now and I did yeah. um, it's it's showing on the screen here but if you're listening we created an Instagram account and then I finally created ha- I figured out how to create a threads account it's different now than it was at the beginning in the beginning you just went right from your Instagram account and bada bing but when it, that, that it works differently now you have to go on to threads.net and that's the whole thing so anyway so we now have Instagram and threads we still have our Twitter account I will Still kind of be over there, but Jen is no longer a, a, a Twitterer. And so now we on the gram, y'all. I also want to apologize for something went weird with the Facebook connection. So it shows me, it says I'm live on Facebook, but my, my niece texted me that that there's a problem with it. So I posted it from StreamYard onto Facebook and it wasn't showing on my page, but then it was showing in my events. And so then I reshared it to my feed and I don't know, so maybe that got disconnected anyway. So apologize <laughs> to anyone who tried to get us on Facebook, but I really did this time try to promote the YouTube and the LinkedIn. And so, okay, 
moving on. We have a few more questions. So this is funny, Eric, I don't know if you remember this, but you once told me that you would never need 40 hours to get a job done, meaning like 40 hour work weeks don't need to be 40 hours. So for me, what's most interesting about that is that I had jobs early in my career where I would just be given more work if I got the work done. And so I kind of kind of depends on what um, what kind of role um, that you are. And especially now in this remote work environment, it enables you to do a full-time job, the job at hand, right? This full-time. Do you think that helps you do it more quickly? And have you had this discussion with your employers about how, how long it actually takes? Because I've said, we've said before, right? Like on a job, on a contract job, you're, you're not getting paid for the two hours it takes you to do something. You're getting paid for the 10 years you learned how to do it that quickly. And so those that kind of things are kind of don't really intersect. But what are your thoughts on the 40-hour work week, I guess, yeah. is the moral I, of the question. I have a couple different thoughts. Let me start with that. Let, let me fold back in on the time tracking thing because okay. for people who are working with or through agencies, sometimes clients pay for a certain amount of hours. So you do need to track so that their amount, their hours get tracked correctly right. based on them paying for those hours. Now, that said, often, uh, here, let me give you a Star Trek example. Scotty, we all know Scotty, beam me up Scotty. He, at one point, revealed his secret, which was he'd always tell Captain Kirk that it was going to take five hours to do something so that when it only took him three, he looked like an amazing engineer. <laughs> Rockstar. So, not suggesting we do that, but it's kind of like that. Keeping that in mind, it's saying, okay, well, first off, I mean, one of the things that we noticed, I mean, let's pull out all the dealing with extra distractions and the new dynamic of remote work. Most of us were dealing with, even those of us that have been doing it for a very long time, in 2020 through to now, 2024, it was, remote work was new to a lot of us, or at least remote work in the way that we were forced to do it at that time was new to us. One of the benefits was the commute was sucked out. And so it was like, I mean, even when I had a commute, which was not that far away, but I would walk to work across the college campus that I worked on at the time, it was about 15, 20 minutes one way and then the other. Well, that's about an hour. I mean, if you think about it, it's almost an hour right there of time that if I don't have to leave that early and I've already jumped into my email and put out, you know, one check for fires two put any out, which usually there's not, let's face it. We check for fires that don't, that aren't there. But if we have a checklist and we're like, okay, that is another show. (laughs) Uh, But if we we are marketers, especially when we're talking about dumpster fires, but that's a whole other (laughs) thing. Um, But if you think about it, like there's a lot of those things. And then lunch breaks, for example, like the whole eating at your desk thing that you're supposed to not do. Well, if you're already home, and your kitchen's just down the hall and et cetera. Like, it's like you're saving all this time. And yes, factor in the flexibility of people popping into your door because you don't have a sign. You forgot to put the sign on, say do not disturb, et cetera. It's that give and take. It's that flexibility. But I really do think that if you can get into a mode like we talked about earlier with some of the the, the focus stuff, the promote, the procrastination, the distractions. Is the, that my Wi-Fi? 
Oh, that is my Wi-Fi. You, you sound fine to me. Everything looks good over here. So I'll just keep going. So the whole point is, is that, yes, we probably can get more done. It, it's, it really is a living out of that principle of you block out an hour for studying or whatever work, or you do the Pomodoro technique and only use 45 minutes of that time for actual work, but 15 minutes for break. And it refreshes you and it kicks you back up and it boosts your momentum. And it's like... Which would you rather do work for an hour or work for 45 minutes? And the 45 minutes gets you more done than the hour. So it's kind of living that out, but across your day and your week. And so I really do think like when people talk about the four day work week, they're onto something. Yeah, I think you can. I mean, think about it. When you're going on vacation, you rush through stuff and you get it all done anyway. And so if you just figured one extra day, I mean, there are studies out there like with a company that I have a partnership with Blinkist, they did an act, they enacted a four day work week. They, for the most part, everybody took Fridays off. Yeah, And and it really bore some really great results. Like no less work got done. It all still got done. And in fact, a lot of, and then people were more happy because they had a three-day weekend every single weekend to recharge. It's always, it's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing at all. My Wi-Fi went out. So (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) Nice to see you guys again. I I just tethered to my phone. So, and I, at first I was like, I thought it was you. Of course, you always think it's the other person, right? And then I'm like, uh-oh, it's mine. It's mine. So I'm sure that your answer was so awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll hear it on the replay. It, it was very relatable. <laughs> very relatable. Uh, I came back to some uh, laughing emojis on the, oh, Facebook. Okay. Facebook is working, supposedly. So, okay. All right. Did you share it to your, mm-hmm. Jen? Did you share it to you? Okay. So maybe yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Because I went to your page to try to see if it was there so I could reach or that I could reshare yours, but it wouldn't let me. Anyway, Rude. good stuff. <laughs> right, Jen has the next question. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. We all love having some helpful tools at our disposal. So can you share with us, our listeners and our friends out there, what tools or methods you recommend to track time and to stay productive? What are you using these days? So one of the things that helps me that is like one of the least distracting possible things. And, and I'll give a digital version in a second is big old legal pad sitting on my desk analog so that I can just write it down and write how long it took and what I did and all that, just so that it's right there ever present sitting there right at the desk. And it's easier for me to then scan the day and flip over to the next day, et cetera. Right. So I've got it all there. That's a good start because we're using digital a lot more than we probably should. There's pros and cons, trust me, like digital syncs across all devices, and that's great. But maybe starting with analog will help. That said, there's also a great digital tool, Toggle. I think it's TOG.GL, or I know you'll be able to find it to share it. Mm -hmm. That's cross browsers, cross platforms. You can just press a button, write a thing, and it's tracking it. It'll even like, if you've left it going for five hours, I'll be like, did you mean to leave me on for that long? How much (laughs) did you really do? Like, it'll send you an email and be like, I don't think you worked. I don't think you did it for three hours. I think you meant, you know, how long, when did you stop? And so it's kind of smart in that way. I think they're probably going to add some AI stuff. Everybody is. I was about to say. So yeah, there's, there's that. And then the other key piece, and I think this is really helpful for a lot of people is I use 
brain.fm to tune my tune my brainwaves in to the task at hand, whether that's focus, whether that's admin work, et cetera. I even have like a code or not a code. It's a link. It's like beyond the to-do list.com slash brain FM. And yeah. you get like 20% off for an entire year, something like that. And what it does, I mean, basically you put it, I, I open it up in a completely separate browser. So it's just playing. And it's got all different kinds of music. There's like kind of, you know, you you see all these things all the time where it's like Spotify playlist for productivity, lo-fi beats and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. This is that, but with science behind it and underneath it, underpinning it, where it uses certain like binaural audio hidden inside the music, almost like that Saved by the Bell, where Zach Morris has the subliminal messages inside <laughs> of the music to teach, you know, to get everybody to do what he wants to and hypnotize them. Kind of like that, but in a good way. It gets your brainwaves to a certain, attuned to a certain thing so that your fight or flight, like your distract. I just find when I put it on, it gets me focused quicker and it gets me distraction free quicker. And then I'm able to stay, get in the zone and stay in the zone or the flow state, whatever you want to call it, yeah. much faster. And so that's really helpful with the... Pomodoro, et cetera. Bella Vasta told us about that before. And I, in my mind, yeah. I, I love that it's web-based because for me, if I have something else on my phone, it's something else. I go to my phone and then like my niece who's watching with her girls, she said yesterday, she goes, do you ever go on your phone? And then you never actually do the thing that you were going to do when you put your phone up. And I said, um, almost every time I got my phone, I like, I go to look for something in Facebook and then I've got notifications or whatever it is, a hundred percent. But yeah, so having that on browser is, that's really good to know. I, I'd be totally into that. Yeah, that's why I do it on the browser at the desk on my laptop here that's then connected to my whole like monitor and rig and stuff. However, I do have it on my phone. I will say mutual friend of all of ours, Jeff C. and I has seen me like when we're at a conference, like I'll put it in my earbuds, have it on my phone and lay down on the bed and like take a, you know, it, it there's a sleep mode to it too, where it like relaxes your brain faster or gets, there's even meditation settings and stuff. So it's so multifunctional. I was going to say it's not just for productivity. Activity. That's wrong. It is for all aspects of productivity, rest and meditation and focus and admin and even re-energizing. And you can download tracks like to the app on your phone, et cetera. So oh. I love it. I've been using it for seven years, six, seven years now wow. without, without fail. So it's a good tip. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very love it. Good. All right, cool. So we um, have a standing question we like to ask all of our guests, and this is where we all let them in on how to recover from a challenge we've experienced. So what's one business challenge that you've experienced in your career and how did you overcome it or, or what did you learn from it? Well, I'll say this, that one of the things that I think I'm even, again, isn't it funny how the same struggles come up in different, like it, they morph into new things. It's the same thing. It's just, you didn't realize it. And so one of the things for me, and I've had to do this multiple times is how do you make the show that you're making interesting, not only to a listener, but to yourself again, like how do you find, you know, revisited passion, energy, focus, interest in it all over again. And it's going back to the basics, going back to the roots. And, you know, this is something that my, my friend, who's my editor brought up to me. It was like, he honestly, I mean, he called me out on, he said, Hey, this past year seemed like you did a little bit of autopilot here and there. And I'm like, no, you're not wrong. And 
I, I mean, we're, we've been friends for over 20 years, so he can say that to me. Other people, yeah, get out, get out of the way. I don't want to hear you say that. But he did. And I was glad he did because it got me thinking how do you, it was time for me to hit another refresh in terms of going for another, I don't want to say like tier, but just either bring guests back that have already done really well. Uh, bringing in, yeah, there <laughs> exactly. <you go. laughs> Here we are. Uh, there you go. You're learning my, you're learning, you're showing me it works. Bringing in question, mailbag off, you know, mailbag questions from the audience, telling them where to go to leave that and doing a mailbag episode coming up, which not had only done like once ever before, I think, which is just lazy. Like, come on, that's free content right there. People, you know, and it brings connection with your audience. And then just also strategic partnerships in terms of seeking that out in terms of connecting with other podcasters. Hence, I think you saw my note. I was like, hey, I've done a show for this long, but I want to be a guest on more shows this coming year. And you were both Hey, you've been on our show before. Come back on. I'm like, That's no good. brainer. Duh. Yeah. So it's that kind of reestablishing, rerouting. It's again, it's pulling back into the playbook of what's worked in the past for growth. And did you mark those down? Did you identify those? Can you go back to those? Will they work again? And so those are kind of the things I'm pulling back out again to relearn, I guess. And that in overcoming that challenge of just, okay, you know, one of the things I need to do is grow my show again and continually doing it, not just by marketing, (laughs) but, but by creating good stuff. (laughs) And so revisit that too. Right. Right. That's, I love that. Well, and I think maybe if you re-listen to your last episode, we'll link to it in the show notes when this gets published and see what you, what wisdom you, you you gave to us. I know that we should also rewatch it because we are um, guilty of not doing as great a job in marketing our own show. (laughs) It's about marketing as we should. And, you know, I knew we just barely scratched the surface and here we are 50 minutes in and we have to wind the show down. So I'm so sad, but thank you, Eric, for um, being with us again. And let's try to have you back in um, fewer than 100 episodes. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anytime. Honestly, I can give all, you can come up with all new questions. I can have all new answers come this time next, later this year, mid-year or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wild. Well, I mean, Seasonals. and you're, that's the thing. Yep. Yeah. You're learning from your 52 shows a year is a lot of shows. Like that's, it's bananas. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, reason that I picked two yeah. favorite shows from this past year that I really thought kind of really needed to be revisited and put those out these last two weeks so that I could kind of, one, have a little bit of breathing room, but two, really... Yeah really spend some time with those two episodes. I thought those were really good ones to to revisit. So very much. Yeah. And I shared one. I will share the other two that I listened to between last night and this morning. So (laughs) thank you so much for being with us. And thanks, Miss Jen, as always. Well, yeah. Thanks to you. This is always a blast. Yeah. And thanks everybody for watching the video, watching the replay. Um, I know this is kind of a, it was a hard day. Like I thought about it. That should the first day back after Christmas, after holiday break, should we really do it on this day? How many people will we get live? We had actually quite a few people on the live and we know the magic is in the replay, but I still, I wanted to stay on pace and um, and get, get our next episode recorded. And I really want to stick to doing every other one live because I yes. think that it's adds such a different dynamic to what we're doing. So, all right, friends, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 140 and we really catch you next time.